Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I hope you're having a great 2020 New Year's. Listen, this month we're talking about how to make resolutions without self-destruction. Now, I'm telling you that can kind of sound like a negative or ominous title, but this is so crucial because, because the truth is most of the New Year's resolutions that we make, we are not going to fulfill. And the sad thing is uh, when we set a goal of any kind and we do not fulfill it, it undermines our confidence. It does something to our heart. It makes, us, it makes it harder and harder to believe that we can actually set goals, make decisions, and see them through until the end. And you know what? I want to show you God's process for being able to make goals uh, or set goals to make decisions and actually see them come to pass because you see, God gave us a process that will make this work and to, it's almost effortless. The only effort comes in uh, influencing the beliefs of our heart. And once, you, once something becomes a belief of the heart, nobody can stop you from doing it. Nothing can stop you from doing it. You are going to see it through to the end. And you know what? That is an incredible peace and an incredible confidence to know. I can make decisions, and I know that when I make this decision, I'm going to reach that goal. I am going to arrive at my destination. And, uh, and I'm not just going to arrive at my destination. I'm going to arrive at my destination and my character is going to be intact. My relationship with God is going to be intact. It's not going to take me away from God. You know, uh, uh, and we talked about this. And if you haven't listened to the previous three messages in this month's series, go back and listen to them because, because religion has set us up to fail when we want a better life. Now, Jesus came to, he said so we could have a life to its fullest. He, Jesus came so we could live in a realm called the kingdom of God and experience the provision in a realm called the kingdom of heaven. And if that's what Jesus came for us to have, why does religion always tell us that God wants us poor? God wants us suffering. God going to use hardship to train us and to teach us why. Where does all that come from? I'll tell you what, all that came from paganism. It was incorporated into the early Catholic church. And then ultimately, in what we call the Protestant church, they incorporated it. And, and it, you know, and to this day, it's present in every single movement uh, almost on, on the face of the earth. God wants you to live an incredible life. And he wants you to be an influence so that other people can have an incredible life. Matter of fact, from the, from the very beginning, God let it be known that man would love him and trust him when they realized what an incredible life that he has provided for him. You go back and read in, in Deuteronomy where he says, choose this day, you choose life or death. And he says, the end result of choosing life is going to be that you're going to love me, you're going to trust me, and you're going to have an incredible life. Well, what if you're afraid to choose life? What if you don't believe God wants you to have? And this is talking about quality of life. It's not just talking about 
to keep breathing. If you don't believe God wants you to have an incredible life, number one, you're afraid to choose it. Number two, if you do choose it and your life starts getting better, you're going to have guilt about it. And you're going to feel like you're doing something wrong and you'll either self-sabotage your success or you'll self-sabotage your relationship with God because you'll start thinking that you got to make a decision between having a good life and having a God life. Well, no, a good life and a God life are the same thing. Uh, as long as God comes first, as long as the God life comes first. So, you know, this week, I got an interesting title for this week. It's called, How Bad Do You Want It? Now, remember, God gives us a very clearly defined process, uh, a straight, simple path to walk, to start with a desire and have that desire end not only in fulfillment, but fulfillment in a connection with God, fulfillment where we've got peace in our heart, fulfillment where we're more deeply in love with God than we were when we started. And, and you know, I've quoted this, uh, I've quoted this uh, uh, Psalm 37 several times. Delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, I think that this, this phrase, give you the desires of your heart, I believe this is one of those phrases, as it is in the Hebrew so many times, there's different levels of translating, interpreting, and understanding what the Hebrew says. The, he the Hebrew is, is a conceptual language. They can have a light side, it can have a dark side, it can have layers of meanings. And, you know, religion has said, okay, if you'll delight yourself in God, then He will make sure and give you the right desires. Well, just think about what that does to your head when you're trying to say, well, is this desire from God or is this, or is this not from God? Well, well here's the deal. Uh, I believe, if I understand the language properly, that this is saying two things. Number one, it's saying, if God is your delight, your desires will always be life-giving desires. They'll always be the right desires, and God will uphold and fulfill those desires. I'm going to show you this from a scriptural perspective. But I also believe that when you delight in the Lord, that that causes you to want different things. And we're going we're to walk through that. But when you're delighted in the Lord, it says, commit your way to the Lord. So that's the thing. I've, I've got this delight. I've got the desire, but I'm not going to seek a sinful, selfish, self-centered way of fulfilling this desire. I'm not going to get off track. I'm not going to jump into the world system. I'm going to trust God and I'm going to walk in his ways. And that's how I'm going to get to this destination. And, and it says to trust in him and he shall bring it to pass. Now, that's the amazing thing is all I got to do is walk the path and he'll lead me down the right path to get to where I want. It says, and he, sh and he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of, because of the evildoers who prosper. In other words, don't look at them and think, oh, they're doing good, you know, and they're cheating and stealing the line. They're doing, that's what I got to do. No, 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 no. Be patient. Walk with God. And God will bring you to this ultimate destination and preserve your righteousness in it. Now, let me, let me tell you, let me share just a few scriptures with you about God and your desires. This is so important. Psalm 145, 16 says, it says, the psalmist is talking to God and says, you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. That's, that's, that's God's nature. You know, the Bible says, the Apostle Paul says that God has given us everything for our pleasure, for our fulfillment. 
Now, not pleasure of the flesh, not, not wicked pleasures, but the kind of pleasure that makes you fall in love with God, fall in love with life, fall in love with people, have great self-worth, have, have incredible confidence. Uh, listen to this. Psalm 145, uh, 17 says this, the Lord is righteous in all his ways. Now, this is really important. Righteousness is not perfection. Righteousness Sometimes the word righteousness, not always, but sometimes the word righteousness in the Hebrew will mean straight. What is, what is that talking about? And the word some unrighteousness, and sometimes the word wicked, not always, but sometimes the other words crooked. You see, something that is straight with God is something that is parallel. It is in harmony with God. The crooked you know, may come over here and kind of grasp some part of God's truth and, you know, go out of here somewhere or something that's not God's truth. And, you know, it, it's like this. But the righteous says, I want to harmonize my life with God. That's what Jesus was talking about when he said, take my yoke. That's what the yoke is. The yoke is where you harmonize yourself with God. Uh, that's, why, that's why the Apostle Paul said over in the book of Galatians, he, sa he, he says, uh, and walk with the Spirit. That word walk with the Spirit is just harmonize. Just get in step with the Spirit. And when we get in step with the Spirit, you know what happens? God pulls the load, and then all we have to do is keep pace. Just, just, just walk with Him. So it says, it says, the Lord is righteous in all His ways. Uh, he's gracious in all of His works. The Lord is near to those who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth. By the way, calling upon Him in, in truth is a big factor. I don't know if we'll get into any of that today, but it says He'll fulfill the desires of those who fear Him. He'll hear their cry and save them, and the Lord, because the Lord preserves all who love Him. Now listen, this concept of the fear of the Lord in the Old Testament is not the terror, the fear of God hurting you, the fear of God doing damage with you. It is the concept, first of all, of having an awe and a respect. And, and the fear of God always leads to love. It does not lead to terror unless you got wickedness in your heart, unless you are committed to ungodliness. Uh, this fear of the Lord, it's like this. It's like if you are married to or dating the, the person of your dreams, it's like, man, this is what you've waited your whole life for. Nobody's ever treated you this good. Every minute you have together is wonderful. Then, then, then there's going to be a fear in that, in that love. But it's not going to be the fear of that person doing you wrong. It's not going to be the fear of that person hurting you. It's going to be, that, it's going to be prominent in your thoughts that you do not want to do anything to disrupt this harmony. You don't want to do anything to hurt this incredible relationship or to hurt this person that you love so deeply. That's what the fear of God that you read about in the Old Testament is talking about. And so God is a God who uh, wants to fulfill your desires. He wants you to have a great life so that you will see that He is good, He is loving, that you can trust Him, and that your life will be great and you'll walk with Him forever. And, and the people that can pursue God's promises and not be destroyed are the people who value the relationship with God more than they value the promises. And they're not going to destroy their lives for just to gratify some desire. Once you're willing to destroy your relationship with God, even if the promises are biblically-based promises, you're seeking it from a carnal, fleshly perspective. You're just trying to gratify something you're not, uh, uh, in your flesh. You're not really trying to, to have this great life that, that, that 
makes it easy for you to say connect it with God, makes it easy for you to be a blessing to other people. Now, why is desire so important? Now, now desire, and remember, every word of God has a light side and dark side. In other words, everything that God has ever said can give you life or destroy you, and it's all based on the condition of your heart. You know, I'll never forget one of the, one of the first guys that really helped mentor me as a, as a new believer. Uh, I went to this little Baptist church, great church, great pastor. I'm telling you, I had great friends there. I had a great, got a great foundation, God. I love those people. And uh, this deacon in this church, his father uh, was what's called a hard shell Baptist preacher, man, hard shell, legalistic, legalistic, legalistic. So he grew up under legalism. And when he became an adult and got away from his father, he backslid. But eventually he saw that, that God and his father were not the same people. The religion that God, that, that his father presented was not the truth of what, of the relationship that God presented. And so really he ended up falling in love with God, having a great relationship with God. And so he took me under his wing because he wanted to protect me from religion. And he wanted to help me make this journey of a relationship with God that was not going to be based just solely on performance. So, so man, I, I was so fortunate to have somebody uh, like him early in, early in my life. And so, so, so one of the first things that he used to, or that he shared with me was he said, Jim, he said, the sun that melts butter is the same sun that hardens the clay. And he said, you know, and he used Pharaoh as an example. He said, he said, now, when God said to the children of Israel, I want you to come out here in the wilderness and I want you to sacrifice to me and worship me. That was like the sun shining on butter. It melted their hearts and made them soft and pliable. They wanted to pursue God. But when that's that same word, let my people go so they can come out here and worship me. When that, when that word came to Pharaoh because of the condition of his heart, his heart was clay, it wasn't butter. And so it hardened his heart. And he said, you know, the word of God will either harden your heart or it'll soften your heart. And it's all just based on where your heart is. Well, desire is like that. Desire can cause something to rise up inside you that causes you to seek God. Now, now, let me tell you something. When you believe that God is good and only good, and most Christians don't believe that. When you believe that in Jesus, you, don't, you never have to be afraid of God pouring the curse on you. You never have to be afraid of him pouring out his wrath on you. You know, you never, ha you ne never have to worry about God hurting you. He's not going to do that. When you realize that, then you are comfortable bringing your desires to him and discovering how can I fulfill this longing? How can I fulfill this desire in a godly way that, that, that brings me closer to you so that I don't end up going out here and trying to fulfill it in an ungodly way that takes me away from you? And, and what determines whether or not your desires are going to help you or hurt you it's whether or not your heart's butter or whether or not your heart's clay. Now, if you do not believe that God is good, if you do not believe that Jesus is the exact representation of God, shows us the nature and the character of God, if you don't believe that, then you'll never see God as He is and you'll never be sure what to expect from God. So, <clears throat> so I want to show you how to pursue God 
or how to walk with God in the pursuit of your desires so that every, every single step becomes something powerful, motivating, exciting, and something that connects you to God the deeper. But let me, just, let me just show you something about the power of desire. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Well, hope is when you have an expectation, you're expecting something. You, there's something good that you want to happen and it keeps getting put off or doesn't come to pass. It says, it'll make your heart sick, but listen to this. But when desire comes, when it's fulfilled, it is a tree of life. Now God's word said that. It didn't say that your desires getting fulfilled will kill you. Now. The, the Word of God is clear about your desire, not to desire ungodly things, not to, you know, not to desire uh, selfishness and self-gratification, all that kind of stuff. Listen to this. Proverbs, Proverbs 13, 19 says this. A desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. Fools don't want to depart from evil because they are fulfilling their desires through their evil pursuits, their crooked, dishonest ways of trying to, of trying to satisfy that. But the righteous, you know, they, and by righteous, I'm not saying flawless. I'm saying righteousness. I'm saying right before God because you're washing the blood of Jesus. Right before God because you are baptized into Jesus. And when God looks at you, he sees you just like he sees Jesus. I'm saying righteous because, because you are choosing to be who God says you are in Christ. It, it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's bigger than just doing the right thing and trying to be flawless. Matter of fact, it ain't got nothing to do with being flawless. So, so for those who pursue their desires in God, man, it's sweet to the soul. I mean, life, life is incredibly fulfilling whenever your desires are constantly being fulfilled, whenever your expectations are constantly coming to pass and you're not toiling or laboring to get them to come to pass. That's what's so incredible. You know something, this month I'm offering a special that I, I is gonna help you make this journey. I'm telling you, it's gonna be one of the things that's gonna get you to where not just your New Year's resolution, but every time you make a decision about making your life better, you're gonna know how to apply God's word, God's principles, the teachings of Jesus to show you how to go through that process, persuade your heart so that you always reach the destination. So this month, you know, I've got an incredible book that has been used by thousands of people to transform their lives called Wire for Success, Program for Failure. I tell you what, God created you and wired you to live in peace, to live in success, to live in abundance. But Religion in the world has been programming you not to live that way. And so I'm going to show you God's way. And then also you will get one of my heart physics tools called Limitless Living. It is the heart exercise that I use more than anything else for myself and for other people to help them move past obstacles that keep hindering them from living their dreams. And when you purchase these two products, you will get a free download of my incredible book called Moving Your Invisible Boundaries. Now, let me say this. When you purchase products uh, from us, you are investing not only in your own life, but you are making resources available for us to reach the entire world. You know what? We have a program called Operation One Billion where we are working feverishly to reach and develop one billion disciples around the world to the Lordship of Jesus. And when you invest in yourself, you're investing in them because 
uh, 85% of the, of the profit that comes in from that goes straight into us reaching the world and helping people. So you're doing something that not only is good for you, but it's good for everybody else. Now, I want you to understand something. You are always pursuing your deepest desire. This is, this is really important. And not only are you always pursuing your deepest desire, but you are pursuing your deepest desire based on what you believe will make it come to pass. Now, somehow religion has gotten us into this way of thinking that says, I might be doing this, but oh, no, I believe what's in the Bible. Well, no, you don't, not if you're doing this. You might recognize that what it says in the Bible is true, but you don't believe it in your heart. You know, I'll hear people, they'll, they'll, they'll say, oh, you know, my son, I want you to help my son. My son, you know, he's been in prison three or four times and, and you know, he's hooked on crack and, and you know, he's been, he's been arrested a few times for domestic violence, but he got a good heart. No, he don't. You know, uh, what's in our heart is manifested by the fruit that's in our lives. Now, I'm not saying I want to help that person because, man, I, you know, I've been where I had a bad heart. But, but we have this idea that we can separate the belief of our heart from the fruit that's growing in our life. We can't. And if you look at your life and your, and your life is chaos and, uh, and, and constant failure and constant disappointment and not reaching your goals and, and constant frustration, constant conflict, then, then it's real simple. You've got to deal with the beliefs of your heart. And you can try harder and try harder and try harder. You're just going to keep failing and you're still not going to get what you want no matter how hard you try. But I'm telling you, when you deal with everything, starting with the beliefs of my heart, you will always end up well connected to God, walking the path of righteousness, and moving closer and closer to your dreams and goals. But keep, keep this in mind. We're always pursuing what we want the most. Now, as I've been in the ministry for almost half a century, that's a long time. I have counseled with thousands of people. I have uh, coached people. I have consulted pastors and ministers all over the world. And, and I kind of got a pretty good picture of what's inside people's heads. And many people will say, I want this, this, this is what I want. But I keep finding myself going off the path. Well, that's because that detour that you're taking off the path that is what you believe that way that you're pursuing. That's what you believe will get you what you want. You know, um, there's this thing called secondary gain. Secondary gain is when you want something, but there's some benefit in staying where you are. There's some benefit that you're getting right now that says, I want that, I really want that because I, I don't like this misery that I'm in, but, I'm, boy, man, I'm kind of afraid. Uh, you know, I'm afraid to give up what I know. I'm afraid to give up this or that I'm familiar with to go there and pursue that. You know, in Mark 10, 51, the King, the King James, King, I, you know, sometimes King James English is so entertaining to me. You know, uh, there, there was two things that Jesus said to people often that reveal the fact that they're, that they're challenged. They may want something, but they're challenged at giving up what they have to pursue what they want. You know, when Jesus walked up to somebody and said, what wilt thou that I should do for you? You know, in the King James, you're like, uh, uh, what, does that, what, does that, what does that mean? Well, he's not just saying, 
what do you want me to do for you? In the original language, he is really saying, what are you willing for me to do for you? Now, you would think that a person that's sitting there that's a cripple would say, well, you know, man, I'm, well, here, I, I, I want to walk. I, 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 you know, I want to walk. You know, my, my friend Ed Elliott, I, he was the first person I ever heard make reference to this. And later on, I studied it out for myself because, because he, you know, enlightened me to it. But he was, I can't remember if it was the cripple or if it was the man made blind. That, that one of the first things he did, it says he took off his robe and stood up and started following Jesus. I'm thinking, what? I remember the first time I read this, like, why did he take off his robe? Well, in, in Rome and all of its subsidiaries, if you were a, if you could prove to the government that you really were crippled, you really were blind, you really couldn't walk, or you really had this, you know, whatever this physical limitation was, you would get a special robe that you could wear, which would make you a legal beggar. I'm telling you something, in the United States, we need to be doing that because you got all these people say they'll work for food, but really they won't work and they don't want food, they want money for drugs and alcohol. I'm not saying everybody out there is doing that, but I'm saying that, that is so, so predominant. And we're supposed to be so naive and foolish that if they say they want to work for food, that, that we're bad people if we just don't go up and give them a handout. Well, that, you know, that's not really what the way the Bible says to approach it. But you got to understand something. When that guy took off that robe, he was saying, I am not going to depend on this anymore. I am going to pursue walking with Jesus now with, with all of my heart. Now, I have had people get healed in my meetings that would end up getting upset about it because they were afraid that if their doctor ever recognized that they were, and I'm talking about we'd have proof of their healings, they'd be afraid that if, if the doctor ever found out or if, or if the company they used to work for ever found out, that they would lose their benefits. You know, they, and they don't want to run that risk. I mean, I, I could go down an incredible list of people who had a secondary gain, a secondary benefit. Yes, I want to be healed, but I don't want to give up, I don't want to give up my benefits. Yes, I want to be able to come out of this situation, but, you know, I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to give up this relationship. You know, uh, <clears throat> listen to this. Proverbs 21, 25 says, The desire of the lazy man kills him, for his hand refuses to labor. He covets, he wants something all day long but the righteous gives and doesn't spare. You know what they're saying? They're, they're just talking about the person who, who wants something, but the lazy man wants something more than what he really wants to, to, you know, to have money or to have food or have provision. He'd rather be lazy. Now, one of the things I want you to understand is this. If God is a good God, now next week, the place that we're going to go to is how can I trust my desires? I'm going to show you how, how you can make this journey, how you can make it without destroying you. But, but here's the thing. The Bible says, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all of your heart. The Hebrew word for hear and obey is a continuum. It's the, it's the same word pretty much, which means you cannot hear God say anything that you would not be willing to obey. The Greek word for believe is almost synonymous with the Greek word for obey. And so the person that has no intention of forsaking whatever it is they trust. So this is why Jesus said that rich people have a hard time entering the kingdom of God. And then he had to clarify. So he said, the problem is not because of rich. The problem is that's what they trust in. The problem is if there's something you're trusting in more than you're trusting in whatever you're seeking in God, 
then you can't even hear God's leadership taking you down the path to get the very thing that you want. So I want you to think about it. Is there anything before next week? Is there anything in your life that you are afraid to give up in exchange for what God is offering you? Are you going to hold on to it? Or are you going to let go of it and seek God with all your heart? Listen, if you're getting some out of this, particularly if you're watching this on, on YouTube, be sharp. Wherever you're watching, if you have the opportunity to leave comments, leave comments. If you know people, this will, this will help. Be sure and share it. And listen, if you want to help me reach the world, reach a billion people, go to my website, drjimrichards.com, and become part of Operation One Billion. Help me change the way the whole world is seeing God. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.